This podcast is sponsored by our partner, QXMD. QXMD builds mobile solutions that drive evidence-based medicine in clinical practice. Check out READ for easy access to research personalized for you. And CALCULATE for over 500 easy-to-use decision support tools. Try them today at qxmd.com apps. Again, that is qxmd.com apps. Welcome. You're listening to Back Talk Doc, where you'll find answers to some of the most common questions about back pain and spine health. Brought to you by Carolina Neurosurgery and Spine Associates, where providing personalized, highly skilled, and compassionate spine care has been our specialty for over 75 years. And now, it's time to understand the cause of back pain and learn about options to get you back on track. Here's your Back Talk Doc, Dr. Sanjeev Lakya. Over the last few years, it's been almost impossible to go through a work week without encountering a patient who asks about the use of CBD. CBD has gained a tremendous amount of popularity over the last five years, uh, short for cannabidiol, and it really generates a lot of its interest given the derivative from the marijuana plant. And it's one of the topics that on Back Talk Doc, I've really had on my list to talk about, have an episode about, and engage a discussion in. And uh, I was fortunate enough to come in contact recently with uh, Matt Parks, who is the founder of One Less CBD, which is a product we're going to talk about. So today I'm really excited to have uh, Matt on the show and uh, kind of go through this idea of CBD. And he brings also a business background to it and just have a, a good discussion for all the listeners out there. So Matt, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Well, let me give you a little introduction. Matt is an entrepreneur and expert in the medical supply industry, where he spent the last 10 years dealing directly with end users of consumer products. In 2020, Matt founded One Less CBD in response to what he perceived to be the underwhelming offering of quality CBD topical products. Topical inflammation cream has helped Many people decrease their reliance on over-the-counter non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and has helped them create a healthier approach to daily inflammation relief. Matt self-funded his company with the hopes of creating a customer-focused, results-oriented company that puts its customers first. He's been featured in Authority Magazine and has been asked to speak at the Peterson Foundation for Parkinson's and at the VGM Heartland Conference in Waterloo. So Matt brings expertise from the business side, but also as we dive into today's conversation, I was able to read uh, the interview that you had done on, uh, I think it was median.com or authority. Mm -hmm. And they really talked about your journey uh, from kind of how you got to this idea of founding this company. So why don't you go ahead and dive in, introduce yourself to the listeners and share your journey, uh, medical sales and into where you are today. Well, uh, journey, you know, really can be traced back to even my childhood, born and raised in Baltimore city. Northeast Baltimore City, born in 1985, and my mom has been a night shift ER nurse for the past 42 years. And my brother, who's three years older than I am, was actually born with a Dandy Walker malformation and hydrocephalus. And for those who are unfamiliar, essentially, he's missing 80% of his cerebellum. You know, his birth defect, you know, was present from the time he was in utero. 
And so that really became a journey for him from the time he was a baby to the time he was about 16, 17 years old, in and out of Johns Hopkins University. Ben Carson was his surgeon. So how that all affected me was I, I pretty much grew up in a healthcare space. I was in the hospitals. I was a pretty independent kid because while my parents were inpatient at Hopkins two or three weeks at a time, I was staying with this church family or that church family or these grandparents or these aunt and uncles. So I really had to be pretty independent from an early age, but the healthcare industry was exposed to me from very early period. So kind of led to my infatuation with healthcare from the get-go, but became a pretty decent baseball player, ended up being recruited to play baseball at Belmont University. And that's where kind of my personal journey with NSAIDs and pain relievers started because of a shoulder injury I had my sophomore year of college. And then it kind of led to a fantastic high school career that didn't translate into college and being a Division I baseball player. You are basically practicing 60, 70 hours a week. You have full-time classes. And I was doing everything I could just to get on the field. And in order to do that, I felt like I had to take four to six ibuprofen before every practice just to get my arm through a practice because if I didn't perform well, I wasn't going to see the field again for another two or three weeks. And so it just led to this kind of dependency on NSAIDs, which then developed into migraines, which then I developed depression through my parents' divorce, which has stayed with me you know, through my life, and it's a, something I fight every single day. And so it, it was just that kind of initial journey that kind of started this whole infatuation with healthcare. Fast forward to 2010, my wife and I moved back to Nashville. We take over my in-laws medical supply company where I'm really drilling, dealing directly with patients every single day. And these are patients who have ostomies, who have rheumatoid arthritis, who have spina bifida. And the kind of the root cause of everything, or it seemed like kind of the root of all evil was inflammation. And that just kind of led to an encouraging field of study and discussions with people who I had known for years that had developed a topical anti-inflammatory. And they were kind of getting out of it as the CBD thing was taking hold. And I was really, like you said, underwhelmed with what I saw. It would just seem like base elements, mix some CBD and call it a pain relief cream. And what I was hearing from consumers was this stuff really doesn't do anything for me. Got them to basically swear off CBD and not get involved in it. So kind of started this entrepreneurial journey of maybe I could do it better and let's see what we can do in two years and about 20 some odd formulations later, kind of here we were. And that was kind of the beginning of the whole, whole process. So a lot of a long journey, you know, kind of long winding journey, but essentially it was, you know, it's really been starting since I was a kid. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story. And it never surprises me. I think those of us, particularly in the healthcare space, and that's mm -hmm. whether you're clinical, administrative business, there's always some degree of a personal experience yep. that then you're able to take, learn from, and use it to help and serve others. Mm -hmm. I myself, you know, so I'm a board certified physiatrist. I treat spine issues all day long mm -hmm. and I'm obsessed with it. I have my own, my family members have their own, and I am no different than the people that come to see me. I want 
treatments that are safe and effective. And I want to do it in an order before we get to that end point. And, you know, thank God I work at an amazing practice where there's amazing neurosurgeons, mm-hmm. but quite honestly, I don't want to see them. And none of the people that come to see me want to end up seeing them. So I'm on the hunt for natural treatments. I'm currently finishing up my fellowship in integrative medicine. And, you know, that's what appealed to me. And, you know, I tell people, I, I'll have people on the show. I don't endorse any products, but I do share information. And I think your story resonates with me and a lot of people who are listening to mm-hmm. this show. So thanks for sharing that. I don't want this necessarily to be a largely scientific discussion, but let's talk a little bit about CBD, you know, for the listeners who aren't all that familiar with it. One of the concerns people have is that if they take any CBD product, it's going to show up as positive on their urine drug screen and they're going to get fired from work. So CBD is different from traditional marijuana because? So essentially, we get into the science a little bit, but cannabis sativa essentially is the name of the cannabis plant. So when you talk about CBD and marijuana, you're not really talking about two different things. They're essentially one and the same. You know, they all come from that species, cannabis sativa. But there's hemp-derived CBD. Then there's marijuana-derived CBD. What CBD is, and really hemp-derived, we're talking about deriving it from hemp. Hemp contains more CBD and less THC. And the THC is the big thing as far as tripping the drug test. THC is the psychoaddictive properties of mainly the marijuana plant that, you know, kind of give you that riding on a magic carpet feel or things aren't quite what they seem. We hear it more commonly referred to as weed. Right. So hemp derived CBD really is a CBD that is 0.3% or less weighted THC. So it basically means it's got a small trace amount of THC in it. And Unfortunately, that 0.3% is kind of an arbitrary number. It, it was kind of been studied, but it, it's kind of been that benchmark for cultivating, extracting, and producing a consumer packaged good, which is what you're seeing now, you know, out on the market is all these different products with CBD in them. But essentially, the 2018 Farm Bill is where this all, this CBD, you know, craze started because it took CBD off the Schedule 1 narcotic list. So CBD was right up there with heroin, yes. you know, and those type of different types of medicinal properties out there that really were harmful drugs. CBD, when derived from hemp, was being shown to not have any overdosing quality. So essentially, you can take as much CBD as you want as long as it's hemp derived, and you really shouldn't have any ill effect or any overdosing effects from taking a hemp derived CBD product. Whereas when you start getting into marijuana, you start getting into different how people grow it, what they, you know, what kind of properties they're doing to grow it. And it's, it's really a different species within the plant. You know, cannabis sativa in and of itself has 540 different phytoterpenes or phytochemicals yeah. inside of it. There's 540. We're just talking about CBD and we're talking about THC, two out of 540. So there's so much more research being done and, you know, kind of more digging into this CBD craze. But unfortunately, the 2018 Farm Bill, while it makes it legal, 
it didn't really give us a whole lot of regulation and a lot of regulatory framework with which to build off of, which is why you've seen such an oversaturation of a cash crop and people trying to capitalize on essentially a gold rush to try to make a quick buck. And that's unfortunately where this industry has kind of lost its way. Right. So then just to kind of summarize, cannabidiol or CBD, it's it's one of the main pharmacologically active phytocannabinoids of the cannabis set of a plant. So it's non-psychoactive, but it does exert a number of beneficial pharmacologic effects, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, which is why there's a lot of interest in it. And there's an entire cannabidiol receptor cannabinoid system of receptors within our body, in the brain, in the central nervous system, peripheral nervous system, in the gut. This is why there's tremendous interest in it, particularly from a pain management arena where obviously the need for alternative treatments in lieu of uh, opioids remains very, very important nationally. So I think that is why you couple that uh, with the legislative change, why we had this huge explosion and frankly, clinically, everyone and, and their mother was coming in on CBD. And I get asked all the time, does it work for pain? And I'll tell you, Matt, up front, my answer up until now has largely been from the type of conditions that I treat, I haven't seen significant pain reduction for people taking off-the-shelf CBD. So for example, individuals will come in with an acute lumbar radiculopathy or radiating nerve pain down their leg or an acute disc injury. I haven't seen CBD as having a role for the acute management, but I'm very interested in looking at it from mechanistically from an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. I'm a huge proponent. I talk to all my patients about the Mediterranean food plan, anti-inflammatory living, natural alternatives to NSAIDs. So that, you yep. know, what you're after is very, very similar. Exactly. Now in your formula, which I think is a little bit unique, mm -hmm. you're okay if I go ahead and share that. I got the bottle of the canister right in front of me. I'm just going to read off the label here. You can share it all you want. It's, it's just like Coca-Cola. There's a, you know, secret vault. Yeah. So you can, you can name those things, but yeah. Go ahead. So you utilize menthol and eucalyptus oil, and that kind of gives us that cooling effect that sometimes people will feel with like a biofreeze or something of that nature. Uh, it, it feels very nice. The white willow extract is essentially a natural version of aspirin um, and not an anti-inflammatory benefit, but far safer than like ibuprofen. The one I did have to kind of go back and look at was geranium oil, which is an essential oil. And I was researching that today and really surprised to see it has a broad spectrum of potential benefits from even uh, antimicrobial to anti-inflammatory. Can you share a little bit about how geranium oil found its way into your cream? You know, and, and the cool part about this is that there's essentially 28 elements that make up, you know, one less CBD. And the cool thing is that it's, it's our formula. We did it. We know the secret sauce. Yeah. And when you go to the lab and you start kind of developing this, and I'm, like I said, I had very good friends who were in this space for over a decade. So I was able to get into an FDA licensed co-packing facility right off the bat to kind of build that relationship out. So you had all those checks and balances in place to make sure that we were making something that was, one, something that people wanted to apply. And, and that's kind of where the geranium comes in is that geranium, what we've found is kind of helps reduce inflammation as more of a topical agent on the skin. So 
everything that goes into our formula, we're trying to make sure that the patient, one, wants to apply the cream, two, they enjoy the scent, three, that there's actual absorption and you don't feel like it's on your skin for five, six hours at a time, that it actually fully absorbs. Like you said, with the eucalyptus and the menthol, it gives that nice cooling sensation. So the geranium, and we even have some lavender oil in there in our, our carrier oils, which are hemp seed and jojoba oils that we've used. That all kind of works synergistically to make sure that it's a pleasant experience as a topical, and then also that we're you know kind of getting underneath those tissues and actually getting the cannabinoids, like we talked about through ECS. You know, in ECS, what we're doing is you know the body's naturally releasing cannabinoids in our body, and that's supposed to help naturally reduce inflammation. The problem is that there's enzymes also in there that absorb cannabinoids and kind of block the body from releasing enough cannabinoids to, you know, decrease inflammation. So the whole idea behind CBD is let's introduce more cannabinoids, block out some of those enzymes, and actually let the body do some naturally, you know, some natural healing. That's kind of the what gets people excited about CBD. When we talk about ECS, it's all about homeostasis in the body and promoting this overall wellness. And that includes cannabinoids can be produced from sleep, from exercise, healthy diet, it all plays a part. It's just that now that we are able to access CBD and actually use it, we kind of see it as an extra layer in our tool belt with all these other botanicals versus just making CBD the star of the show. But unfortunately, with the way you know the framework is, we have to make people aware that CBD is in our product, that you know how many milligrams we're putting in our product, where we source it from, how we test it, and even from banking and how you set up your business, as soon as you put those three letters in your name, you are basically looked at it like a high-risk account business. So you have to be upfront because, let's say, two years down the road, somebody finally figured out, okay, yeah, it's hemp, but it's actually CBD. If I was selling it on Amazon, it would get pulled right away. You know, and if I was banking with an entity and they found out, you know, I wasn't upfront with the amount of CBD in the product, again, pull my account. You have to be upfront about those things. But like you said, and it's, you know, some people will kind of listen to this and they'll go, well, isn't he, you know, really downplaying the effects of CBD? No, I'm telling you what CBD actually does. Because like you said, it's not going to put your disc back in place. It's not going to regrow cartilage. What we see is a daily topical application to help people become more mobile, become more active, and to create a just a better overall lifestyle and stop reaching for two or three a leave every single day and rather apply something that is more plant-derived and natural. Again, you can't overdose on, you can't damage your stomach linings with like you can with an ibuprofen or an aspirin or an Aleve. You know, so there's so many things we know negatively about NSAIDs that that was kind of my mission with this. When we say one less CBD, we mean one less pill. Maybe that's instead of two ibuprofen, it's one. Or instead of two Aleve, it's one Aleve. Or we can get off Aleve completely. That that was the mission. And that's, you know, in essence, what we're trying to do. Yeah, I like that. And I think it's important we continue to push for alternatives to non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Don't get me wrong. I certainly have prescribed them every day. But the literature is emerging that they're not benign drugs, particularly long-term, they disrupt the gut microbiome balance. And it, that can have 
broad effects given the gut-brain access connection that's definitely emerged in the last 10 years. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. even mentioned up front about the mood issue that you kind of went through and ibuprofen, daily usage, short-term GI side effects, long-term disrupted gut microbiome, which affects certainly can have broad effects uh, neurologically. So Mm -hmm. I like the idea. And then prescriptive wise in this space, there's topical NSAIDs you can certainly get. There's uh, homeopathic topical tramiel. Um, There's things like tiger's balm patches with capsation. So I think there's definitely space for a high quality product. And the formula is very interesting because in other healing traditions, traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, that is the standard. It is in modern Western medicine where we do a reductionist approach where we'll isolate an ingredient, concentrate it, and prescribe it. In traditional Chinese medicine, you'll get a, let's say, a formula for back pain, and it'll have a primary botanical, but then it'll have six or seven others that will help offset side effects, maintain balance within the system and have synergistic effects. So, you know, that makes perfect sense, at least for me. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, because I feel like you can also educate my listeners. Many of them are out there uh, purchasing nutritional supplements and things to help with their pain. Given your business background, are you able to give like a a brief 30,000 foot overview of how something goes from being a plant or an herb that can help to actually becoming a product that a jar of cream that you can reach for off the shelf and buy? What what does that kind of look like? Oh man, I thought I knew anything about it. And once you actually get into it and you've become a part of the process, you realize you don't have a clue of what actually goes to (laughs) taking a product from conception to actually putting it on a store shelf. It's fun. In a lot of ways, it's slow in a lot of ways as well. I can't imagine, you know, even right now with supply chain logistic issues we're having, which for us is why we're so passionate about making sure everything we source is domestic, even from our jars and our lids and our labels, everything is in the U.S. Anything that we get that goes into our formula comes from the United States. Nothing comes from overseas. And that, you know, has proven to be a very good decision for us. You know, from the get-go, we wanted to commit to that. We knew we could make a product that was economical, and we knew we could do it here in the States. So really what you're looking at, you're looking at all the elements. So, you know, initially you're looking at your base element, which is your cream. So when you're sourcing that, you can buy creams from any manufacturer out there. And there's base hand creams, moisturizers, there's all those different types of things. And what you're looking for is a strong base that will actually absorb all those botanicals and actually house everything and that you can actually take your product. And what I like to do with people, especially, is take my jar, flip it upside down and show you that it's not running out of the jar, which means that we don't have, we have the right mix of solvents and oils and everything is combined, like you said, synergistically to make this one formula. And, you know, from the CBD, the CBD was the big part. We, we really knew how to source eucalyptus menthol, mainly your FDA facilities already have relationships in place on where to source a lot of those botanicals, especially if they're already making moisturizers, creams, you know, those type of things, which our place was. The CBD was kind of the nuanced part of 
where do we get this from? Who do we talk to? And it's like anything. You go to trade shows, you start meeting people, and that's where we met some individuals from a company called Treehouse Biotech out of Longmont, Colorado. Very smart gentleman. I believe graduated from Yale with a degree in biochemistry. He's a young man and just knew that space was going to blow up. And he basically moved out to Colorado and started creating his own formulas utilizing CBD. And for us, we wanted to go isolate because an isolate, when we talk about CBD isolate, basically our CBD in our product is 99.999% pure CBD. What it looks like to the naked eye is like powdered sugar. It's, it's kind of like a granule. And that was to ensure there was no THC in our product, that people would not fail that drug test, and that people actually could apply it and not have any concerns about any side effects or, like you said, failing a drug test. That was of the utmost importance to me. And then there are some arguments out there that people say that, no, you can only have full-spectrum, broad-spectrum CBD mixed in, and that's the only way you get all the benefits of all the cannabinoids and terpenes. And that's been proven false time and time again. And most of the studies that are out there, white papers that are done, and most of these are done specifically on rodent population, you know, specifically in rats. And studying cannabinoids, 95% of that has been done with CBD isolate. That's where it's been studied because they're studying CBD. They're not studying all the other cannabinoids that are in there. So it's just a combination of all those things. and then when you actually see the process take place and there's different tanks, and different reservoirs, and things are introduced at different stages of the manufacturing process, I mean, it takes from the time you put that PO in to the time you, you know, have a finished product, it's about 12 weeks of testing and moving different elements from one area to the other, letting them sit. It's pretty cool just to kind of watch all that go into it. I was kind of a nerd you know, really soaking it in, all these different things that I had no idea went into taking a product from conception to store shelves. So it's, it's a lot of different little nuanced things. And I think that's where a lot of companies, they weren't trying to purposely mislead people, but they didn't have the right process in place. So we're seeing a lot of CBD products that when they're independently tested, they actually don't have the right milligram concentration or they contain more THC than they're supposed to because they just didn't know. There's a lot to know. There's a lot of research to do. It took two years to just to get to here's finished product. And a lot of people are just like, okay, we, we can make it. I know a guy who does creams. I know a guy who grows hemp and they try to bring all these people together. And it usually ends up in either a poor product or just a disaster business plan. And, COVID kind of helped weed a lot of those businesses out because they haven't survived past the pandemic. So you brought up poor product. For the average listener who's interested maybe in um, trialing a CBD product of, of any type of variation, how can they tell if what they're reaching for off the shelf is of high quality? You want to make sure, I think it's like anything, you want to make sure that there is a mechanism with which to you connect with that company who actually produces that product. So at you know, One Less CBD, you can get in touch with me directly. I actually had a gentleman the other day who has severe contracture and has been confined to a wheelchair for the past 12 years. And he's not paraplegic or anything, but he is in immense pain 
on a daily basis. And he had questions about our formulation, about how we tested it, about things that he had read. So he could actually get in contact with me and I could walk him through all those steps. So, And then we also put a QR code on our product that actually shows the independent third-party testing to make sure there's no THC in our product. It's really that if they're being fully transparent, you will see that in their website. You will see that in the way that you can communicate with that company. And then you're also going to see of where it's available. So if you're going to a gas station, pretty good indicator that the CBD product is not probably of the highest quality. Whereas you're going to your chiropractor or naturopathic you know, physician who maybe carries one or two products that they put out to their patients, that's a good trusted source. And then word of mouth is always good. You know, you're talking to people who have tried other products. Hey, I've tried this. These are the conditions I have. This is where I've noticed relief. This is how many times a day I apply it. And, and anything topical, you know, I always tell people, and kind of the inner part of the bicep is always a very sensitive part of the body. Dab a little bit on there. See how your body interacts with it. Make sure that there's not a red splotchy mark after, you know, applying a small bit amount of cream. There shouldn't be any allergens. There's no parabens, you know, those type of things. But for the general consumer, it's just making sure that what you see on the bottle, you can go to that website and see that same information. And then if you want to and you want to ask questions, you can get to somebody and you'll get answers. And it doesn't look like it's just coming from a message board or an auto response. It's an actual real response from a real, real person. So you touched on this earlier, but is the CBD industry regulated by the FDA? No. And this is kind of, this is really where it gets kind of muddy. You know, the FDA, there's, there's two problems out there. One, that there is a prescription drug out there called Epilodex, which is used in childhood epilepsy. And there is a CBD element in that product. So the FDA has kind of given credence to this product, while at the same time, you have a lot of companies out there trying to register it as a dietary supplement. And the FDA has simply said no. Now, I feel like the industry was kind of heading in that direction of kind of getting some validity from the FDA, and then COVID hit. And the FDA said, we have more pressing matters to deal with right now. CBD is going to have to take a backseat. So you were kind of seeing some momentum and every state is a little bit different, but, you know, on a federal level, really it's not, it has not been given validity by the FDA. It has not been given the stamp of approval. And, you know, there's a lot of people in the industry, you know, some of the bigger ones, CBDMD, Green Roads, you know, Charlotte's Web, who, actually I won't say Charlotte's Web, Charlotte's Web, if you want to see a company who's done it big and has done it really well and has a great mission for CBD, Charlotte's Web has been phenomenal kind of one of the godfathers of product development and doing it right. That is a fantastic company. And you will see smaller pharmacy chains and people who care about the products that they source in their stores. 90% of them are probably going to carry a Charlotte's Web product because of their transparency, because of their mission, which derived off of Charlotte who had, who suffered from epilepsy and was kind of this development of you know, CBD, and that's it's a really interesting story to read about how their product and their company came to be. But they're, like I said, kind of the godfathers of the industry. But to me, companies like CBDMD are, both, are more focused on commercial marketing and celebrity endorsements. 
and trying to push that dietary supplement marketing. Whereas Charlotte's Web is trying to depend more on the science and the actual results from their products, you know, much like us. Now we're small, you know, Charlotte's Web is huge, but, you know, I just feel like it's, it's not a very genuine approach that people are trying to push the FDA to give it this okay, because it's more about dollars and cents than it is about actual real world application, in my opinion. So really, in all honesty, we're no different than the beauty cosmetics market. And it's just like taking my vitamin C. You can kind of tiptoe around some things that you say that you hope your product does, but you cannot come out and claim that your product does X, Y, and Z. It has to be a very subjective approach in how you communicate with your consumer and you know, really just the overall message that you're putting out there or the FDA will come down on you pretty hard. You have a disclaimer that says these statements have not been evaluated by the FDA and not intended to treat or cure any ailments. So I think that's pretty clear. Do you think we are at the peak of kind of the, the CBD boom or are we just getting started? Where do you see it going in the next five years? I think, you know, and it, it's kind of hard to say because everything everything we were seeing pre-COVID was trending up and was trending up drastically, like 20-some-odd billion worldwide by 2026, up from about 200 million. So you were talking about 8, 9, 10% growth annually over the next six, seven years, leveled out a lot during COVID. And multiple reasons for that. One, people weren't shopping, so the products weren't being consumed as heavily. You know, people weren't working. Not as much available, you know, money to put out on CBD products because they can be expensive. Um, But I really, I think as more white papers come out, as more people do their research, I still think it's a trending upward industry. I don't think it's peaked. I think there's, there's still some other, like we said, there's 540 different phyto, you know, cannabinoids that are species that are involved in this plant. Like we can still discover things, but there's still a lot of things we don't know about CBD. And so now you have people coming out with different cannabinoids, CBG, CBN, and trying to, you know, tout their properties. We don't even know as much as we need to know about CBD to be going off in that direction. So I, I really think the sky's the limit provided some regulatory framework starts to come out. I do think we need some type of measuring stick to try to weed out more of the bad companies and try to really give those who are trying to do it right a a better path forward. So I I think it takes everybody. You're starting to see more and more people ask more and more questions, get involved, but, you know, it's whether they are on kind of the marijuana spectrum part of the aisle or they're on the CBD aisle. Those two kind of don't mix. Well, I know from a scientific basis, the explosion in PubMed in terms of published peer-reviewed articles um, has just been astronomical, and I can't pretend to keep up, so I do the best I can looking at review articles and summaries of basic physiology, but it is being studied across all different uh, spectrums of medicine, from pain to uh, oncology, certainly mental health and uh, nervous system disorder. So I'm, I'm very anxious to see how that evolves over the next decade or so. Matt, it's been great talking with you. I love getting kind of uh, unique guests on the show and a little change of pace from just traditional interviews with other physicians. 
before I let you go, I always, uh, always torture my guests by asking them to share something personal about what makes them successful, uh, morning routine, podcasts you love, favorite books. What's something you can share with my listeners that maybe they can take and add to their daily list of activities to improve their life? For me, there's there's a great program out there. A guy I trained with years ago in Maryland when I was playing baseball. He's got a fitness program that really is called Original Strength. And it really concentrates on how the entire body and the functional movements, especially crawling, like taking us back to infant movements and how all those functional movements create a better form of self and a better form of kind of homeostasis and a better, just a better routine. The exercises I do with his program requires one kettlebell and it's an hour and I am dripping wet after this workout. It is unlike anything I've ever done. And it's, you know, just functional movements, just constant engagement of different muscles you didn't know existed. You find out they existed the next day when you can't get out of bed. But well, good thing you got your jar of one less CBD next to your nightstand, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that program coupled with, I'm a big fan of Atomic Habits by James Clear, which just kind of opens people's eyes to how all the different things you've introduced into your environment become habit. And now those habits shape bad habits and how to turn them into good habits. It could be simple things like putting a fruit bowl in the middle of the table versus where you keep your cereal so that you're reaching for fruit versus reaching for cereal. You know, and just the way you structure your workday, the way you structure your conversations with family and friends, and how you arrange your clothes in your closet, it's, it's a very insightful book that I read about a year ago that really opened my eyes to how much our environment plays a part in what we're capable of doing each day, what we're capable of getting done. When we think that we're so busy, we can't get another thing done. It's simply because we set up our environment that way. We actually can undo 80, 90% of that. It takes time and it's little habits built up over a period of time. But that book was, was so eye-opening for me and has been something that has really changed my perspective because, you know, I'm a father of three. I got eight, five, and three-year-old girls and, you know, a wife and, you know, I work at my store. I'm an entrepreneur. It just seems like it never stops. But after I read that book, it really allowed me to develop that line between personal, professional, family, spiritual time. And that, that to me is, has been an, an eye-opener, and I encourage anyone in any form of work to read that book because it will, it will change your life. We'll definitely link to it in the show notes. I have actually come across that book and read it maybe a few years ago, but I'll admit it was thick. I'll definitely have to go back and, and break it down. This is not, it's not a book that you just read and go on with your, you, it's almost like a workbook or if you really want to get something out of it. Yes. But he's, he's not wrong. You know, I think the habits, they shape our paradigm and our paradigms shape our results. So that's a, that's a great tip. We'll link to that. We'll link to the original strength uh, workout that you mentioned. And then what's your website for people who want to take a look, a better look at your company? Yeah, it's um, so simply www.one, 
O-N-E-L-E-S-S-C-B-D-CharlieBravoDavid.com. So www.onelesscbd.com, all spelled out. We do like to extend a travel-sized gift for people who don't want to invest in the full jar. So there is a travel offer that we offer people, and it's simply shipping and handling of $4.95 for a quarter-ounce jar. And they can simply go to www.onelesscbd.com forward slash spine. And they can take advantage of that offering. Like I said, for $4.95, they can actually interact with our jar. We break even on that. That's not a, a profit-building endeavor. That is simply we want to get our product in the hands of consumers and let them try it. And we felt that offer has been a great thing to just get our product out in the hands of consumers and see if it works for them. That sounds like a great offer. Sounds like a great intention that you're putting out there. And if you've been thinking about trying something, that that sounds very easy to get into. So thanks for sharing that. We'll definitely link to that as well in the show notes. And I really enjoyed the conversation today. I uh, appreciate what you're doing and uh, let's, let's stay in touch. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Back Talk Doc, brought to you by Carolina Neurosurgery and Spine Associates with offices in North and South Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Lockia and treatment options for back issues, go to backtalkdoc.com. We look forward to having you join us for more insights about back pain and spine health on the next episode of Back Talk Doc. Additional information is also available at carolinaneurosurgery.com.